0: Would you join me in prayer? Father, we just give you praise. We pause to give you praise. We pause right now to lift you up and thank you for the gift of life. Thank you, Lord God, that you are firmly seated on your throne, firmly in control. You are unshakable and unchangeable, and nothing in all this world and all the happenings of this year have taken you by surprise. Nothing has taken you by surprise. God, I ask that you would help me to preach and to teach tonight. I ask that you would help me to lead this congregation into the Word and that your Holy Spirit would illuminate and that you would revelate this Word to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Friends, tonight I just want to have a casual conversation with you around the Word of God. If you have your Bible with you, we're going to be uh, flipping around to a few different books of the bible tonight as i give you a topical lesson on lessons learned from 2020 that's the subject of tonight's message lessons learned from 2020 i'd like to share seven lessons that i have learned this year that i intend to bring with me to sustain me in the coming months of 2021 obviously no one knows the future but god but we all can know God. He is the God of the future. And as long as we are firmly planted by faith in Jesus Christ, I have all the faith to believe that this coming year will be full of God's faithfulness. So I'd like to share seven lessons I've learned this year with you. And I think that they'll be profitable for all of us. The first lesson comes from Matthew chapter 6 and verse 27. It says this, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to his life? The first lesson that I'd like to bring with me into the new year is this, take things one day at a time. Take things one day at a time. At the beginning of 2020, I had a plan, I had a vision, I had an idea of how the year was going to play out. As a matter of fact, as far as church calendars are, uh, 2020 was built perfectly for momentum. Every month there was something coming, every month there was a new holiday. It just seemed like everything about 2020 was going to lend itself to growth and new dynamics. And then March, March 2020, and the world has not been the same since. We need to understand one of the primary lessons of 2020 is this. We need to take things one day at a time. Matthew 6:27. can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to his life? The Bible commands us to not be anxious for anything, but in all things, By prayer and thanksgiving, bring our petitions to God. And if we live that way, it goes on to promise that the peace of God will guard our hearts. Friends, this year has had its ups and downs for all of us, and we all have had moments where we felt good or felt low, felt happy or felt depressed, felt worried and anxious or full of life and vigor. Friends, we must take this truth from Christ. Worrying does not add a single uh, bit of life to us. It does no good whatsoever. It goes on to teach that every day has enough trouble for itself. We cannot worry about tomorrow. It says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? We must not worry in 2021. If we will live according to that promise, we will have God's peace. The second lesson I'd like to take with us into the new year is from Proverbs 23 and 7 and also Luke chapter 6 and 45. Here's what it says in the book of Luke. It says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The second lesson I'd like to give you to bring into the new year is this. We must manage our emotional intake with wisdom. We must manage our emotional intake with wisdom. What comes in through my eyes and what comes in through my ears We must allow the Holy Spirit to guard our eyes and our ears. Those are the gates through which good things make their way into our heart, or through our eyes and ears, evil things into our hearts. You know, the Bible speaks a lot about Mary, the earthly mother of Jesus. And uh, in a few passages there in the book of Luke, it talks about her treasuring particular things up in her heart. And that word treasure, as I've taught you before, it has this uh, connotation to it. Um, it's it's almost like a safety deposit box, that she takes those moments, those lessons learned, and she treasures them up. She stores them away and locks them up in her heart so that she can access those truths later when she goes through a difficult season. She treasured up good things in her heart so she could access those good things to sustain her through the bad times. Friends, we may have more challenges in 2021. No doubt there will be some. But if we will take this lesson and treasure it in our hearts, that that we would manage what we watch, what we're listening to, that we make sure that we're not taking too much of the news broadcast or spending too much time on social media Those things are making their way into our hearts. Whatever we watch, whatever we listen to, will come into your spirit. That's a truth from the Word of God that you can bank on, my friends. We must guard our eyes, guard our ears, manage your emotional intake with wisdom. Read the Word, read the Scriptures, get this book in your heart, study it daily, pray, Pray and pray some more. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you through his word and come into the house of God, either through the internet on online church or come to the house of God physically if you can come and surround yourself with good godly people so that your ears and your eyes are taking in the goodness of God's church. These things will sustain you in 2021. The third lesson from 2020 that I'd like to give you comes from 1 Corinthians 12:10 and 1 Corinthians 14:29. Here's what 1 Corinthians 14 says. It says, "We as the people of God are to judge what the prophets say and weigh them against the scriptures." 1 Corinthians 14:29. "We as the people of God are to weigh what the prophets say." What do we weigh it against? We weigh it against the scriptures. If you do not know the scriptures, then you can't judge what a prophet says. You would have nothing to compare it to. In 1 Corinthians 12, 10, it speaks about the Holy Spirit gift of discerning of spirits or discernment, spiritual discernment. To be able to know in your heart of hearts that that what someone is prophesying is from God or not of God. Here's the lesson that I'm taking with me into 2021. Prophets are people. They are people, and they too make mistakes. Prophets are people, and they too make mistakes. Just because someone prophesies something and it doesn't come true exactly the way they say it, that doesn't mean we need to discount their entire ministry but we do need to understand that they too are emotional creatures and they too have a desired future. And sometimes in the moment, people get caught up in the flesh and they say things that in the end turns out not to be from God. Don't judge a prophet by his or her one bad day. Okay? Look at the fruit of their whole ministry most likely, you've heard a prophet or two in 2020 prophesy something about the election or prophesy something about armies invading Washington, D.C. and catastrophe and the economy and, or prosperity and everything's going to be great. We had lots of prophets saying lots of things. And many of them have very, very good ministries. When you look at them, you know you zoom out and you see the whole picture. Don't judge a prophet by his or her one bad day, all right? Recognize that they're people and they mess up just like you do, just like I do, and we need to give them grace. That said, let me give you some practical wisdom to take with you into 2021. Not everything a prophet says is from God. I'll say it again. Not everything that someone with the title prophet or prophetess says is something you need to believe. The scripture tells us as believers, we are called to weigh what the prophets say against the word of God. First Corinthians 14, 29, we must take the scriptures and apply it to what is said. And if it doesn't measure up, then we have to put what they say away from our lives don't just share every, everything on Facebook or email a video or, hey, somebody that, that may have a really great ministry, prophesize this or prophesize that. Don't always just be quick to share those things because you really haven't had time yet to pray on it and look at the scriptures and weigh it and ask the Holy Spirit to give you discernment. You might, in fact, become uh, participatory in in uh, uh, putting out uh, things that just aren't true and unwittingly propagating a lie. So take time to be more wise in 2021 as it relates to prophets. Recognize they're human beings. They make mistakes. That doesn't mean we need to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. They probably have a really good ministry, probably doing really good things Let's not judge a prophet by his or her one bad day, but take those lessons from 2020 and recognize that not everything people say needs to be immediately believed. It needs to be weighed against the scripture and prayed on so you can let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. I can raise both hands and say, there have been times I have messed up. I am human, just like any of you are human. And I'm grateful for people who've had kindness and grace with me to help me develop and grow into a better leader. I'm still growing, still learning. So let's have grace with one another as the body of Christ, but let's use the Holy Scriptures to give us wisdom in the new year. Lesson number four comes from Psalm 20. Psalm 20, verses 7 and 8. It says this, Some trust in chariots, and some trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we as the people of God will rise up and stand firm. What does that mean? Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. Well, those things are are signs of military might. There's signs of great economic prosperity. And if a military had chariots and war horses and armor, then obviously they back in those days they were more likely to win the battle and conquer. So, you know, there were kings and princes and people groups that put their trust in the size of their military, put their trust in the size of their earthly kingdom, put their trust in the size of their earthly economy. And the Bible says, don't put your trust in any of those things. At any moment, all of those things could be gone. But the name of the Lord our God will never be defeated. What did David say to the giant? when the giant was mocking him and when the giant was trying to intimidate him, when Goliath came in all his regalia, when he came with his armor and his helmet and his spear and his sword strapped to him and his his feet were shod ready for battle, when he came in all of his armor and might and all of his voice, his booming voice and intimidation, what did David say? David said, you can come to me with all of that. I'm coming to you. In the name of the Lord, our God. Hallelujah. Friends, we cannot trust in an American economy. We cannot trust in American military. We cannot trust in any, any political organization. You know what? Let me just be clear. I love the military, love our police force, love our first responders, and I love that I was born an American. I am very happy that I am here. But let me say, my trust is in none of those things. I pray for all of those folks, and I support all of those folks. I don't care who's going to be the president. I'm going to pray for that man, and I'm going to pray that God would help them to, to come to salvation and that, that they would lead in such a way, like the Scripture says, so that I can live a peaceful and quiet life. That's what the Scripture says to pray, so I'm going to pray it. I don't care if it's Democrat, Republican. I'm going to pray it, Okay. My trust is not in a politician. My trust is not in a president. My trust is not in a political party. My my trust is not in our nuclear arsenal or our submarines or our boats or our planes or our tanks or any of that. It says, don't trust in any of it. It could be gone in any moment. My trust is in the name of the Lord, our God. My fourth lesson for you is in 2021, Don't trust in anything other than Christ. Trust in him, and you will be kept in perfect peace. Fifthly, I want to bring out a truth. Another uh, way to say it is this, a, a law, a law from the scriptures. You know, there are physical laws, like gravity, for example. If I were to take this book and drop it which I wouldn't do on purpose ever I honor the Bible <laughs> but if I were to drop it gravity the law of gravity would um, come into effect and it would fall okay there are some spiritual laws that are in the scriptures and I want to give you a few of them because they all make up the fifth lesson and it comes to us from Luke 6:38 Galatians 6:7 and Malachi 3:10 to 12. Okay, Luke six thirty-eight reads this way. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Galatians 6, 7. You reap what you sow. The law of sowing and reaping. Seed. Time harvest. It is a law in the natural. It's a law in the spiritual. You sow, there's time, and then there's reaping. And God blesses in a multitude of ways as we give. We can give our finances, we can give our attitudes, we can give our smiles, we can give our hands, our feet, our time, whatever it is that you're giving. And you can give bad things too. You can give bad attitudes. You can judge people. You can walk in bitterness and unforgiveness. Whatever it is you're sowing, you're going to reap. And whatever it is you're reaping, you're going to reap more than you sow. So if I, as a leader, want to reap loyalty in my team that I lead, I need to sow loyalty into them, and I will reap it back. Not just now, but in the future. I am sowing what I want to reap later on in my life. And that applies to all things. Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 to 12 says this. It uses a financial example of this law. It says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, the Lord Almighty says, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much of a blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. He's using an agricultural example here because he's speaking to an agricultural economy he's saying bring all the tithe of your food and your supplies into the storehouse of the temple of God so that there's provision in the temple of God to meet the needs of the poor to to meet the needs of those who work in the temple to uh, supply the needs of those who are who are in need in the community the church was meant to be the source of supply not the government Okay, We should not be depending on the government. The church should rise up and be what it's supposed to be in the new year. And and to be able to accomplish that, though, we all together as believers bring our tithe of our income into the house of God so that we can meet the needs of our community. If every church in every community would do that, there would be no need for welfare. There would be no need for handouts from the government because the church would be doing what it's called to do. He goes on to say, I'm going to open up the floodgates of heaven. What's he saying? I, as the God of the weather, am going to control the rain and the temperament and the, the um, the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The clouds and, and the climate. That's what I'm wanting to say. He would control the climate, the sunshine and, and the rain so that the crops would produce so well that they wouldn't have enough room in their barns to contain. He says this, not only that, But I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines of your field will not drop their fruit before they are ripe, says the Lord God Almighty, and all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. There is an economy in heaven, and that's lesson number five. God's economy, his promises, his laws, do not go uh, into in effect. If the American economy tanks or if the Chinese economy tanks or if if somebody blows up a bomb in the Middle East and the oil tanks, and if God's economy is not dependent or relying on the things of this world. This world has no bearing on the laws that God has for you. I have seen God's provision in 2020 like never before. God has blessed First Assembly of God this year like never before. And God has blessed the people of this church like never before. And I am so grateful that you, if you're a part of this church, then you understand that these laws have continued to be in effect. Even in a year where the economy has seen ups and downs like crazy, God's economy is not dependent on the world's economy. God's laws are still in effect. If you will follow his laws of sowing and reaping, then he will take care of you in 2021. Lesson number six will come to us from Matthew chapter five, verses 13 to 16. Here's what it says. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay, the sixth lesson is this. In 2021, the church, God's church, his bride, we must rise up in 2021 and be a source to our communities of hope and peace and comfort. There must be a place where people can come to, where the ways and thoughts and deeds of the world have no authority and no jurisdiction. In my local congregation, my address here at the church, 6310 Trouble Creek Road, I like to say it this way. Nothing in all the world has jurisdiction on this property except Jesus Christ. All of the news and bad news and bad happenings, none of it, are allowed to come in to these walls. This is a place dedicated to the name of jesus christ this is a place where our community should be able to enter in and find hope and love and peace and comfort the church must rise up and it uses two analogies salt and light salt is such a great analogy of what the church must be and there's one aspect of salt i'd like to bring up when i have something with salt it makes me thirsty Your presence in the lives of the community, Walmart, shopping, marketplace, theaters, wherever you are, your household, friends, school, wherever you find yourself, you are to make people thirsty for what you have in Christ. Your life should make them want what you have. Let your salt be rich and make people thirsty for the things of Jesus Christ. You are to be the light of the world. How do you do that? It says, let your good deeds shine before men. We are to live in such a way our good deeds should attract people to the light of Christ. Let's rise up in 2021 and do what we're called to do. We must be salt and light to our local communities. If we do that, I'm sure we will find great purpose and we will find great meaning and great satisfaction and great fulfillment in our hearts in the coming year. Lastly, I want to conclude with one final thought. A lesson that I'm taking with me into the new year comes to me from Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. Kind of a heavy passage, but it's very good for us to listen to. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. Let me read it to you. It says this, And I saw a great white throne, and around him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was no place found for them. So who's sitting on this great white throne? It's God Almighty. And I saw the dead, both small and great, stand before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is called the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to his works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was also cast into the lake of fire. These moments of judgment should bring great sobriety to our thinking and to our hearts tonight. Here's the final lesson I want to leave you with. No matter who is in the White House, Jesus is still firmly planted on the White Throne. No matter who is in the White House, Jesus is still firmly seated on his white throne of judgment. No one in all of history, no one born or yet to be born, no one dead or alive, gets away with anything. There will come a reckoning one day every one of us, both small and great, powerful and And unknown, rich and poor, people who live in mansions, people who are homeless, all colors and creeds and languages will stand before the great white throne and books will be opened and all people will be judged according to what heaven has seen and heaven has seen everything. It may appear to you and I that evil people are getting away with evil things. Slavery still exists in this world. Human trafficking still exists in this world. Abortion exists in this world. Evil exists. Wars exist. Famines and plagues and earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes and typhoons and tsunamis and horrible things exist in this world. One day, Jesus will come back and all the living and all the dead will stand before him and give a reckoning for what they have done. That's why the Bible says vengeance belongs to him. People might think they got away with it, but one day they will stand before God Almighty and give an account. And that's a very sobering thought to you and to me tonight. But it also gives me great hope and peace that even if things are corrupt in this world, there will come a day where everything, Everything will be made right and God Almighty will judge perfectly. That gives me great hope. My hope is in Him. My hope is in Him. My hope is in His name. My hope is in heaven's economy. My hope is in heaven's armies and the Lord of heaven's armies. My hope is in Him because nothing in all this world has any bearing on His position of authority. All things in heaven and earth are His. He stands seated, and He stands enthroned above every storm. Friends, those are the lessons I'm bringing into the new year, and I hope you will join me, because if we cling tight to these lessons, nothing will shake us in the new year. Let me pray for you. Father, we worship you tonight, and we thank you that you are drawing us closer to yourself, Father, I ask that you will help us to listen to your word and listen to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, be our teacher in the new year. Give us great discernment. Lord, you said in your word in Matthew 24 that many will come in your name and they will deceive many. Help us to know the difference between a prophet of God and a false prophet. Help us to see through the masks. Help us to see through the facades and to have a good listening spiritual ear. Help us to guard our eye gate and our ear gate. Lord God, because whatever goes through our eyes and ears makes its way into our hearts and it comes out our mouths, we must guard our emotional intake. Lord, help us to walk in these truths that heaven's economy and heaven's ways are not impacted. But if we follow your laws of sowing and reaping, we will be sustained by your word. Father, bless your people. In Jesus' name I ask it. Receive all the glory and praise. Thank you for bringing us through 2020 and taking us into the new year covered under the shadow of your wings. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Friends, thank you for joining me for our midweek gathering. God bless you. Happy New Year.